You are listening to the John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. At 12.06 on this Monday, good afternoon, we're all, it is Juan, it's the Noon Report, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com where we have unique original stories. This portion of our program, again, hello to everybody also on Facebook. We simulcast this hour of the radio show with the uh, Facebook Live, which we call the Noon Report. And so you can uh, share if you're watching. You want to make sure you subscribe to the page. Again, thank you, everybody, with the stars. I have a feeling that we're going to have a very busy week with uh, FB, and uh, we'll talk about that. But, folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. They're having a fantastic season. I'm thrilled for them. I'm not surprised. Two words, native vegetables, corn. Tomatoes, peppers, cucumbers, onions, zucchini, yellow squash. They have it all. Shop local. They're open seven days a week. It's Steve and Debbie and Junior and Byron. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Look for them on Facebook. I share their Facebook page. That's a true statement. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown, right off Route 4. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Now, Check the website, DePetro.com. We have some updates coming on that. Uh, and now that uh, the staff, everyone's kind of back from vacation a little bit, we're going to have the postings a little more frequent, probably at least one a day, maybe two a day, depending on video. We do have some video to get up. But you can see the whole Ramundo thing. And um, the Ramundo flag, that is a statement that she made for her progressive credentials. You can see it all at the website, dipetro.com, brought to you by the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick, lunch, dinner, drinks, and the lounge. Hey, guess who's waiting for you? They are Stiff Drinks. Plus, they now have the market at Coesed, the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. Now, <coughs> folks, in a personal note, obviously the subscribers know this. Saturday night, very, very proud. Kate DiPietro made her debut on Fox News Channel. And what was really surprising was I knew she was going to be on, but they had her on in the first five minutes of the hour, which normally that type of segment, you know, it's normally like at 54, everything's the hour clock, right? They have a, uh, a, a package, B, C, like that. So normally I, I thought that, okay, she'll probably be on around... Patriots are playing, you know, so she'll probably be on at like, um, I don't know, five and nine, eight fifty-two, like you know, fifty-two past, something like that. I never thought she'd be on. <laughs> Boom, right out of the box, and then Kelly and Conway. So, uh, very, very happy weekend. And uh, those of you that follow the live stream know, you know, Kate was summer twenty twenty. Her Kate was supposed to do a uh, internship on the West Coast. With a very high-profile television program because of COVID, all internships were canceled. Uh, she ended up helping, you know, me during the summer 2020 as far as the protests and so forth. And now, uh, so that was very nice. Saturday night, she made her uh, debut. The subscribers know. The subscribers know because uh, I posted it for them on Fox News Channel. Now, I'm going to talk about um, what we also during the noon report. I'd like to touch on. 
you know, the top stories, uh, th- there's not 10 stories you need to know. We kind of always try to go to the positive. Um, but I'm, I'm going to talk about the CD1 race. And I may, still may have one or two people on. I don't know. But I'm going to touch on that in a moment. But I, I do want to touch on, by the way, next hour on the radio show, don't miss it, Politics This Week with Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin is terrific. I like to talk politics with him. It's coming up next hour on the radio show. But I do want to touch on, so the debate is this Wednesday night, the Republican debate. And, um, the, the, you know, the way... There's so many different facets to what's going on nationally. Now, as many of you know, this is a local show. So I try to focus on what's going on in our region. Um, and obviously do, you know, obviously Rhode Island, but a lot of Massachusetts stories. If you listened last hour, we I played the part on Court TV where the defense attorneys that are defending Karen Reed were on. Um, because a lot of people are asking me about that case. So, so we're going to start to include different bits and pieces. I'm not going to go full to the wall on it but but as far as the presidential race um i don't think there's any way to know president trump i know a lot of people want to talk about it but this is in the very beginning of this year i said that the difficulty is it's it's basically like running against an incumbent um and and because of what i think is very interesting is there was, I think it was an unknown of how the base was going to react to all of the legal problems that have come down. So what has happened is, and he even joked about it at the last rally where he said, I'm, I need one more indictment and we're going to secure this thing. Uh, you can't ignore the, I mean, you, the, the numbers are the numbers. You can't ignore the numbers. And let's just say, you know, this week, this week, so the debate is Wednesday night. The big story is not the debate. The big story is whether or not he's going to be at the debate. So I, I could make an argument actually either way. I could. Um, I don't know about, so he, I think, did a favor. I'll, I'll tell you what, for, I, I can't even, I'm not even going to waste time watching the Tucker. They already taped an interview with Tucker Carlson. I get it. So Tucker has this thing against Fox. Fox is rolling along. Listen, it's a very strong machine. Whether all these people, you know, that I don't watch it anymore. Listen, someone is. Hannity's numbers remain strong. Jesse Waters in the 8 o'clock slot, numbers are strong. Laura Ingram's numbers are strong. Gutfeld, the 5. It's still a machine. So all these people, I don't watch anymore. Well, someone's watching because it's still number one by a mile. But I can make an argument both ways. Now he's saying he's not going to do the debate. And... I, there is someone in his circle that I talked to. And initially I said, why, why bother doing this debate? Why, why would he stand up there and let someone with 2% of the vote, whoever, take shots at him? Nothing to be gained there. And with, you know, just this week alone, here's the part you need to understand. <coughs> no, he's, I disagree with Chris Christie. He's not a coward for not going up there. The reason why people debate is most of the time because it is part of the process, but it's because they need to debate. Um, When someone is not doing well, 
such as last fall, Seth Magaziner said, I want to debate Alan Fung 20 times. Why Why did now Congressman Seth Magaziner say that? Because he could see he was behind Fung in the polls. So traditionally, people don't debate unless um, they feel the need to. However, I, I, I don't like the idea that this starts to become the norm because I, I want to remind people it could be worked both ways. Uh, de- debates matter. De- debates matter for day of voting. Now, you, you can't just look at Rhode Island because Rhode Island voting is it's broken. It's broken. And I still don't hear the Republicans at the Rhode Island State House doing anything really aggressive, constructive to try to fix it. But uh, so. As much as President Trump is saying, I'm not going to debate, I don't need to. I, I, I believe, what, what I don't like about that, that I can't get past, is in 2015 into 16, the reason he became the nominee is because he would dominate the debate stage. <clears throat> he would win. You'd watch and he would dominate and decimate everybody up there. Ted Cruz, Kasich, Marco Rubio, Jeb Bush. That's how he became the nominee. Now, conversely, I don't like the idea that next fall that Biden announces I'm not debating. I mean, I because debates do they do matter. And it, like I said, it's tough in Rhode Island. But if we just go back last year, Helena folks, she she was the dominant person in the Channel 10 gubernatorial debate. Uh, Matt Brown was sweating <laughs> and attacking McKee. I think it was at J&W, it was at Johnson & Wales. It was a great debate. It was all, you also saw like Nellie Gobea was really flat. Um, I'm someone that I, I've watched debates. I've even had debates where I go back and watch them again because you miss stuff. And But like she was totally flat, but you could see last year, Helena, folks, she came into her own in the Channel 10 debate, and then she came into her own. I, I know, like, it's hard to use the word win a debate, but McKee was really bad in the Channel 10 debate. <coughs> and then he was, again, not good in the Channel 12 debate. And then Helena, folks, one day of voting. So I do believe in the process. And many times I've said to people, you have to wait until they're on a debate stage because it makes a difference. Marco Rubio was terrible on the debate stage. He just kept repeating. Chris Christie annihilated him. He just kept doing that. If you go back, you know, that that famous debate where Scott Brown, right, who was running for Senate. And. And then the question by David Gergen was asked of him. So, you know, here you are, Scott Brown, and you're going to take over the Ted Kennedy seat and you're going to vote against Obamacare. And Scott, Scott Brown had that great line where he said, all due respect, it's not the, the Democrat seat. It's not the Kennedy seat. It's the people seat. And boom, he rocketed. And then, you know, it just change the whole dynamic of the race. So I do believe in them. I do watch them. I've obviously moderated them. It's not as easy as it looks. 
uh, afterwards, you know, I have someone still to this day <laughs> that still feels they didn't like the questioning. They, 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 you know, like that hurt the campaign, that, that it wasn't aggressive enough towards someone. So, I mean, I've done them. But so part of me, I, I think after I watch it, I'll have a better handle. Part of me, I can see why. President Trump would say, "What? Well, why would I be doing this? Every poll, I'm, I'm getting stronger and higher. So I'm supposed to stand on a stage and have Nikki Haley and Mike Pence, anybody, Christie, whatever, and they're all going to take shots at me. And then they have nowhere to go but up and I have nowhere to go but down. So I get that. But here's the other fundamental way that I view the, the race for president. And I'm going to talk about the CD1 race in a moment. But this week is a complete blackout. What's happening is none of the other candidates can get any type of oxygen. And they can't get any momentum going. Because between his legal trouble in Atlanta, of which he has to go and mugshot and so forth, regardless what you think of it, he still has to do that. And then whether or not he's going to go to the debate, um, I kind of like the idea if he was going to do a rally instead. The Tucker thing Whatever. Maybe he thought nothing of it. Maybe he wanted to return a favor. I, I think maybe he's upset with Fox as well. But I, I like who's no one's going to watch that. What, what is he going to like? Nothing's going to be said at this point. The reason why I like the debates is they reach a point where there's nothing more to be said in interviews. You got to see how they're going to interact with each other. And the best part of a debate to me is when the, the candidates do interact with each other. So and do get to ask each other questions and so forth. So. So when I was telling this to a member of the campaign, I mean, so selfishly, like a lot of people, I would like to see him stand on the stage. However, I understand why he's not going to do it. But I'm saying now, I just don't see how this is going to change. Because there is another campaign that I talked to, and they're in New Hampshire. There's actually two other campaigns. And they've invited me to go see their candidate, you know, in New Hampshire and Interview them, do a little meet and greet, photo, blah, blah, blah. Now, I haven't done it just because I, I, I'm not convinced it's a race. You know, um, I remember years ago covering a race in Boston and Andy Hiller, phenomenal political reporter from Channel 7. I remember I, I would have him on the radio to talk politics. And, and what, I remember and he said... You know, the biggest question right now is, is this a race? Because sometimes it's not a race. And and right now, on the Republican side, I'm not convinced it's a race. It's not a race on the Democrat side. I think people want it to be a race with Kennedy and Biden. It's really not. Not unless you see someone start to really shoot up. So I, I as we are now, you know, the final two weeks of August... And you're approaching Labor Day. I just don't see any. I don't see how the dynamic changes. People are with him. What I what I don't like, though, and I was mentioning this to someone, is all all of the focus on the Republican debate, and then all the focus on the the Repub- the president President Trump's legal problems. It does give Biden a free pass. He's the, there's no one if they if people weren't talking about that. There would be more focus. I, I do think Biden benefits, the president benefits, because 
President Trump just gobbles up so much oxygen. So I don't, I'm, I'm anxious to hear, pardon me, Wednesday night, how the candidates are going to do up on, on the stage. Um, I don't see, I, I mean, uh, maybe I'll be surprised. But it's, as I've said, it's, it's really hard. And maybe he wants to see the field narrowed or maybe he won't do any debates. I don't know. But at some point, this is the first one. It's a major one. I, I still think, I know people are saying, who's going to tune in? People will tune in. It's not going to be as big if he was on the stage. But what, what and this business that he's like, what, he's going to call in a Newsmax and say what? Like, I don't think, that's not interesting. There's nothing to talk about there. Um, what, is he going to call in to CNN? Maybe. I don't know why he would. I don't think he's calling into MSNBC. So, uh, I, I I don't know. I, I I do wish we were seeing everybody up there because I part of me feels he could solidify and show, you know, he's still the champ. But so I I, I actually and I'll leave it at this because I want to talk about the seed, the congressional district one race. I, I and I said this to someone with the campaign. I can make an argument either way. I can. If someone said he should be there. I can argue, no, he doesn't have to be there. Why? He's at 62%. He's the clear front runner. He would only be helping his opponents. Why should he go? If someone said he shouldn't go, I could argue, no, he absolutely should go. He's the front runner. He should show that. He would pummel them anyway. No, he should definitely go. So I can kind of argue it both ways. Folks, this portion of our program is brought to you by AJ Drywall Plasters and Home Improvement. Call them today, free quote, 401-323-9252, 401-323-9252, AJ Drywall Plasters and Home Improvement. What do they do? Now, I share their Facebook page, Frame to Finish Basements, Acoustical Ceilings, New Homes, Additions, Commercial, Rehabs, Painting, Remodeling, AJ Drywall Plasters and Home Improvement. Call them today, free quote, serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, 401 323 9252. And they have a lot of different ideas on their Facebook page of what they do and what they could do uh, for your home. And many times, you know, when you see something like that, it can kind of uh, kind of plant a seed, so to speak. I'm looking that, um, uh, you know, they have some of the importance of just some of the work they do, uh, any experience ceiling damage from some of the stores. Uh, you want to hire reputable finishers on your project. Bad board hangers, unqualified plasters ruin this house in South County that they're trying to. He also, they were soundproofing some offices in an office park. So, and the ceiling work is really phenomenal. AJ Drywall and Plastering. And they also, would you like to finish your garage space? How about a bonus room, basement, building an investment portfolio? Need a professional quality crew? AJ Drywall. All right, folks. Now, on to the CD1 race. Um, and, you know, this is also important. And again, folks, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I think I will reach out. I'll, I'll offer that Representative Stephen Casey. He's a Democrat from Woodsocket. He's kind of got the moderate lane. 
he's not getting as much much as attention as some of the others. But for anyone that is more of a moderate Democrat that would be voting, to me, he seems to be, um, he, he fills that role. I don't know enough about how much support he has. I hear that he has support in places like Lincoln and Cumberland and Smithfield. So... I get it. And the progressive candidates get a lot of the attention. So I'm going to put him to the side for a moment. But as far as the rest of the people to replace Cicilline, I also want to remind people that, okay, there is a Republican and there is a Republican primary, but there's a Republican um, running from Jamestown. But by the way, I want to mention one thing about Representative Casey. He was on... um, 10 news conference or newsmakers and they asked him who do you admire in congress and he said everybody not only i don't think that's a good answer but if you want to include everybody that means you're including aoc that means you're including members of the squad and also it also means you're including george santos who is a complete (coughs) nutcase who doesn't belong in in washington so that's not you know, you don't decide, I don't think, whether or not you're going to vote for someone based on that. But but something that I think is really unfair to this, it's either Jerry Leonard or Gary Leonard, the, uh, the guy that endorsed Republican. But that is that even in light of the Sabina Matos signature thing, uh, problems and fraud, which she says it's nothing, it's it's a state police attorney general investigation into signature fraud, which are felonies. And there could be as many as over 50 felonies. But I'm going to come back to the the elected Republicans at the Rhode Island State House, which if you're watching on Facebook behind me, um, House Minority Leader Chippendale and Senate Minority Leader Jessica De La Cruz, in, in my view, my opinion, they have completely dropped the ball with their silence. And worse, um, De La Cruz going on Newsmakers saying she has complete faith in our election system, which is ludicrous. <clears throat> she is, talk about like being tone deaf to how people really feel about it. But I th- I think it's 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 dre- incredibly unfair for the Rhode Island Republican Party. Of over the years, I have been a cheerleader, supporter, done things, blah blah blah. Uh, but for them to just, it's like they're just sending people to the front lines that are going to get crushed in battle. It, it's just, it's so selfish and self-serving. As I have repeated, their only mission should be. To try to draw attention. Matos did you a favor with this fraud. But as I have played repeatedly, I don't need to play it again. De La Cruz totally whiffed. Uh, that was the just I, I don't remember such a weak answer saying, no, I mean, I got elected. Yeah, I have faith in our system. I mean, I won. <clears throat> I mean, that is it's just so preposterous right now. You know, the mail ballots is everything's underway. But I'll tell you this about CD1. I don't believe the narrative 
about Lieutenant Governor Matos. Because if you step back, you know, one of the things from being in the, the career that I've been in and the, the seat you get to sit in and over the years, I mean, you end up in it, you know, you interview a lot of people, a lot of different type of people. And and um, and you get a good sense of whether or not somebody's really a player, whether or not someone has something going on. I mean, I remember one of the first interviews that he did was when Deval Patrick was running for governor. And even then, you could I could tell that like this is someone that's got something. This guy's a player. You could just tell the way he comported himself. And so there's just different people like that. The first time I met Scott Brown, you could tell that he was a player. Um, but Matos, if you really like look at what happened, which was McKee takes over for Ramundi. Uh, he, he selects her completely to inoculate himself as you got to select a woman. Keep in mind, Biden had said, oh, there's got to be a woman VP. And then Biden said it's got to be a woman of color VP. So McKee goes down that road of, you know, I'm going to select a woman. So it won't just be two guys. And even though we had really been kicking the tires on Diosa, the former mayor of Central Falls, who's now the general treasurer. And then he was also looking at that, the guy down from Middletown. But but he felt she's from Providence. She could help me get the Latino vote. And so he selected Sabina Mato. So I'm not convinced, though, that the McKee people feel that they've kind of like gotten their money's worth. Because if you just look back to last fall, she could not do a debate. I'll say this about Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos. Forget about gender. Forget about her story. Um, just as a candidate, I, I just don't find her that impressive. I don't. I think she's way overrated. And if you take away that he named her lieutenant governor, I don't think she's anywhere. He helped carry, McKee helped carry her over the finish line. <clears throat> he did. As I've said, she lost day of voting to Aaron Gukian. So I think, and when you see Lieutenant Governor Matos out there, I think she's tone deaf with politics. I really do. I think she has a friendly media um, at times that enable her and help her. And she immediately, make no mistake, she goes for the victim, right? I mean, she was crying at that press briefing that I was at. And then there were people, you know, that were trying to help her saying that she was bullied at her own press conference because she couldn't answer questions about fraud and the signature situation. So I think she's just kind of like been along for the ride. Uh, Not to give a great analogy, but to me, it's almost as if you had a record company and they found someone. And then the person, like a Millie Vanilli, just has to go in and lick lip sync. And then it turns out one of her songs was plagiarized from someone else. And she's like, I don't know, I'm a victim here. I mean, that's the way she's just like along for the ride. And I would even compare, I think Lieutenant Governor Matos is almost, Sabina, I I almost kind of see her a little bit like Kamala Harris. I think they have a lot in common. They're both like created. There's really nothing there. Kamala Harris should not be the VP. I still can't believe she's the vice president. I can't get over 
who right now is the president and vice president, but be that as it may. But she's just, she's just like a total empty suit. She doesn't absorb anything. She's condescending. She's all about like the outfits and going to concerts and lunch with Beyonce and and hey girlfriend. It's like it's 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 all there's nothing there. When she tries to explain things, you can tell. Um, she had staff that was always preparing things for her. She ran a terrible campaign for president. So <clears throat> I don't think it's there. And Matos, I'm not convinced that she has she she had she has made all deals with unions to ballot harvest for her and collect ballots much like they did last time around. So, but I'm just, I'm not, I think, I spoke to a Democrat operator over the weekend. I think this person, she thinks she could finish third. She thinks that Matos could finish third. So, but I, I just, she, she has all these groups pouring money into the race for her. But I don't think a lot of people are watching television. I believe the national stuff with President Trump and the Republicans are drowning out a lot of the news. I, I, I don't think she, and, and that, um, that John Gonzalez, who's running from Providence, that hurts her. How many votes is he going to get? So now you have two people kind of from Providence running. I think that uh, Sandra Cano hurts her in Pawtucket. And then there's another one, Anna Quisadera or something. I don't even know who that is, but like she hurts as well. So Matos has these people that are hurting her. So here's the part that I want to break to you who I don't see anybody stopping. And I'm going to tell you in just a moment, folks, this portion of the John DePietro show is brought to you by Atmer Urgent Care. Two locations, walk-in urgent care center, all your medical needs, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston, right in the Atwood Medical Center, and 5750 Post Road East Greenwich. It's at Med Urgent Care. For example, if someone gets injured at work and boom, you need to have them looked at right away. In other words, they need urgent care. Bring them to at Med Urgent Care. Right in Johnston in the Atwood Medical Center at 5750 Post Road East Greenwich at Med Urgent Care. So whether it is they will see you immediately, they're open seven days a week, there's doctors and nurses. And I have been in situations where I needed urgent care and they saw me right away. At Med, A-T-M-E-D, Urgent Care. 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. You can you can say I suggested you go because I am suggesting you go. Or 5750 Post Road East Greenwich right across from Felicia's. They're open seven days a week. So in talking about the CD1 race, folks, what I, I like to be objective. I And I like people that when they're, um, I have found this also, when I'm, when I'm following coverage of something, I, I, I like someone who's being objective. I don't like, I'll give you a good example. Like one of the, it's not lost on me. One of the reasons why um, Michael Felger, right, is, is popular on 98.5 is, is because he just kind of like tells it like it is. Whereas their competitors are always just like the rah-rah type stuff, you know. So I believe you have to step back. 
and and be objective about things and not get caught up in in the whole thing. And then many times there were people that they hate someone so much that, for instance, last fall, there were te- people telling me Ashley Kalis was going to win. And the weekend for the election, there were people telling me it was within margin of error, three points. And, you know, we all knew that wasn't the case. I kind of, um, you know, people have different reasons. But anyhow, but Aaron Ruggenberg, he was a state rep for four years. Um, I remember he was at Brown University. I remember he started this group and they thrust themselves against Deborah Gist. He is a communist socialist. He always has been. He's a Bernie Sanders type. They don't like democracy. They don't like capitalism. Aaron Ruggenberg. So he ran as a state rep. He got involved, I think, right around 2010 at Brown. They started the Brown Student Union. They're big on the unions. Uh, In solidarity, right? Like, remember, Bernie Sanders went to Moscow on his honeymoon. So they're actually communists and socialists. But, But Ruggenberg, I come back to in 2018, he challenged sitting Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee in a primary. He had been a rep for four years. And instead, he ran against McKee in the primary and lost by 2,000 votes. He's young. <clears throat> He's in his 30s. He, um, 2,000 votes. 2,000 votes. And that was before the mail ballot thing exploded. You know what else is a joke? In, in 2018, Governor, Lieutenant Governor McKee running for re-election got 3,500 mail ballots. Aaron Regenberg got 2,500. This past fall, McKee got 25,000 mail ballots. It's a joke. They're not sent through the mail. They're ballot harvest. They're ballot collected. Someone please explain to Jessica De La Cruz how that's killing our elections. But Regenberg, a sitting lieutenant governor, and that was a statewide race. And he lost by 2,000 votes. And... Most importantly, Raimondo had a primary against Matt Brown, who pulled over 30% of the vote, and which was really like an anybody but Gina type of vote. But hear me out. So the people that were voting for Raimondo were also most likely voting for McKee because Matt Brown, again, ultra progressive, right? He ran against Raimondo. He's in that camp. So there was a lot of duplication between Matt Brown running for governor 2018 primary and Ruggenberg challenging McKee. So both Raimondo won handedly. McKee barely won. By the way, that also started the rift where the Raimondo people realized if if she didn't have a primary, he would not. He would have lost to Ruggenberg. So, now, do I agree with any of the principles of Aaron Ruggenberg? No, I think he's arrogant. 
<clears throat> I think I, I mean he he is he is just such an arrogant jerk. He showed up um, March of seventeen. They asked me to MC March for Trump in March at the Rhode Island State House, and the whole rally was ruined. It was because Aaron Ruggenberg was in a mask and these other union hacks. And they had a band playing and they had noisemakers and whistles and they drowned out and you couldn't hear any of the speeches. Like to me, like that's their idea of democracy, which is when they're going to speak, you have to listen. But if you want to speak, we're going to drown you out. And, and they thought they were cute. And I remember being up there and at one point, I even take the mic away from Jerry Zarella, who was the Trump Rhode Island person, because I, I suddenly, like, you know, no one explains it. I suddenly say, who are these people making all these noises? Like, is that our crowd? The police had sectioned them off. So they brought this band from Brown and they, they drowned out. You couldn't hear anything. It was a waste. So, and then I get frustrated and I took the mic and I was like saying, like, what's grow up? What is this? But, but they don't care. That's who they are. And then the summer of 2020, I would not only cover the Black Lives Matter Antifa protests against the police, I wouldn't only cover it, I would get there ahead of time. And who was like the organizer or one of the main organizers was him, was Ruggenberg. I was there. <clears throat> I wouldn't do it now, but as embarrassing as it was, but I... It's kind of in the mindset of like, okay, I'll, I'll cover all these protests. I was there. He organized a protest against Judge Kavanaugh getting on the Supreme Court. And it drew a pretty big crowd on a Sunday. And all these people knew him. And they were right downtown. And then they marched to sit. I talked about it with Dan McGowan last week. They marched in front of Senator Reed's has a downtown office and Senator Whitehouse. He was the organizer of that. So my point is, I don't agree with this guy. I don't. I would never vote for him. I think he's obnoxious. I think he is. I know a small business person that knows Aaron Ruggenberg and said he, he is just tone deaf on how a small business operates. And they don't care. In his mind, everything is should be unionized. You know, he's for redistribution of wealth. But I am telling you to be objective. I just don't see anyone stopping him because you also have to look at who votes and he's doing a rally at the Columbus Theater with Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders, who, again, I would never vote for Bernie Sanders hated in the Senate. (laughs) Bernie Sanders, um, you know, thorn in the side. But Bernie Sanders beat Hillary in Rhode Island. Bernie said in in 2016, Hillary Clinton did a rally. The Rhode Island primary was that Tuesday. Hillary Clinton did a rally at Central Falls High School. And it was all union people. And they packed it all in. And it was maybe 400 people. On Sunday, Bernie Sanders, late April, did a rally at Roger Williams Park Temple of Music. And had 9,000 people. Bernie Sanders beat Hillary. So my point is, 
Bernie Sanders has deep roots in, in Rhode Island. And I believe he's coming in. I saw the flyer. He's coming in. Is it this Friday? I think it's this weekend. I could find it. <clears throat> and again, here's where people get confused. Am I saying no? I wouldn't vote for either one of them. Bernie Sanders is a communist. No, I wouldn't vote for either one of them. But you can't ignore, right? Like, I, I don't root for the Chiefs, but you can't just say Patrick Mahomes is a lousy quarterback. Sunday, August 27th. Okay, Columbus Theater. So that's big. That's huge. I think that is game over. I do. Because uh, that, now, that's the 27th. That kicks off the final full week. And then today is August 21st. Next Tuesday is the 29th. And the primary is September 5th. So I believe the Democrat primary, it's very scattered with all these people. Matos is hemorrhaging. Matos with all this money. Ted Nisi of WPRI was um, reporting that Matos... Do you know the, the PACs that are spending money for her? By the way, so she is totally bought and paid for. Working Families National PAC just dropped 150000 into digital ads for Aaron Regenberg. That brings his total to 269000 of PACs. Matos has gotten 800000 in outside help, but it's not doing anything. So my, my point is... Would I? So you, what? No, I don't want him to win. <laughs> I'm living in reality. I'm living in reality. I, I don't see anyone. It, and of course, it is a farce. The Democrat Party and diversity and blah, blah, blah. Look who they're going to have. Because I, I, do, I don't, let me put it this way. I don't see anything, anything stopping him. I don't see anyone stopping him. The field is too fragmented. Matos needs that Sandra Cano to drop out, which she's not going to do. She needs the other one, Anna Quisita, whoever that is. She needs her to drop out. She needs um, she needs that gun, John Gonzalez to drop out. Maybe he's working with Ruggenberg. I don't know, but but Matos is hemorrhaging of people. And McKee even stands next to it and says, yeah, I don't think that guy should have said people are racist for what's happening to you with the state police investigation. Um, I, I, I just, uh, he, Matos is, is signing any agreement. Lieutenant Governor Matos is saying to the unions, whatever you need. But, but here's my point. The thing about Regenberg, I, I just don't see anyone stopping him. Um, you can see the progression. You know, he did run and hold office at the state house. He won. He got reelected. He ran against McKee, a sitting lieutenant governor. If if McKee didn't have Raimondo, Ruggenberg wins that race. McKee only won by two thousand votes. That's not a lot of votes, and so many of that were people that were also voting for Gina. So um, he also he passed on being considered for lieutenant governor. Because he hates McKee. And so he's got like a score to settle with Matos. But Matos is, she can't raise money. She's a lousy candidate. She's totally overrated. But here's the, what, it, what is this going to say about the Democrat Party? 
where the, this is going to be our Washington delegation. Senator Reid, white male. Senator Whitehouse, uh, white male of privilege. Reid is not, by the way. Reid's a self-made guy. A seat opens. Seth Magaziner, of privilege, wealth, Yale, white male, Ivy League. He goes. Cicilline leaves, replaced by white male who went to Brown, who has a trust fund, who's never worked a blanking day in his life. Except he was a policy advisor for Alorza. You know what's also interesting is some people forget this, but Alorza actually endorsed Regenberg over McKee in that 2018 election, which obviously set off bad blood. So here's what I'll say about this Congressional District 1 race. The primary is coming up. They're all doing the ballot harvesting. They are. And I think um, Regenberg is plugged in enough. He has enough ground game. They can certainly collect ballots. They're not going to get their clock cleaned on ballot harvesting. Nope, no way. He's got Senator Tierra Mack with him. Um, but he's got the Bernie Sanders crowd. And the Bernie Sanders crowd votes. They do. There are people in there. When I covered his Supreme Court protest in September of 2020 in downtown Providence, it was highly organized. And they have the drummers and the bikes and people dressed up and bullhorns. And, you know, again, I but but he has those Providence East Side people in their 60s, 70s, even older. They're old hippies. They're the type that like Jane Fonda. They're the type that like that Jamie Raskin. Um, they're the type that voted for Bernie Sanders. And, and he's got them wrapped up. But my point is those people vote. So Matos, you know, dancing at a street festival. I just don't know how many of those people vote. And organized labor. <clears throat> okay, so they'll ballot harvest. But... It's not the same when they had last fall. The real apparatus with the ballot harvesting was McKee and Magaziner. And she doesn't have that. So Magaziner got a ridiculous amount of votes in Warwick. And McKee got 25,000 mail ballots. So she doesn't have that. Her, she has the same campaign manager. Um, but I, I, she, she has people, she would need every possible vote. Now there's two televised debates left. I think there's one coming. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I mean, I'll watch them, but I'm not going to go. I mean, I went last year. I can't stand this crowd. I really can't. Um, I like to go when it's like a real debate, but I did go to the Funk Magazine or stuff and then some of the gubernatorial stuff, but I'm, I, um, there's too much else going on and, and just that crowd. But I am telling you right now that, and I, I, I don't understand. Well, I'll say this. Pe- people on the radio, 
that was saying she she's most likely she's probably going to win that they, they don't they're not paying attention they don't know uh, anyone that's saying that is not she has not run a good campaign Matos she can't get out of her way because of the signature scandal she had that guy come from in in from New York and that turned into a disaster and she, like I said she lost day of voting last year now granted. Aaron Gukian won Warwick, and Warwick's not part of CD1, but she is cannibalized in places like Pawtucket. Matos would need to, like, run the table, and she's not going to run the table. <coughs> and, you know, Winsocket. Well, Stephen, you know, Casey's going to get votes out of Winsocket. I don't know who's voting for this Gabe Ammo. I don't get that. He's the Washington guy. He's kind of like this version of Sarah Morgenthau. He seems like a nice enough guy, but um, he's never run for office before. And then the Jamestown guy, Don Carlson, I, I don't know what to, maybe he's going to do well in Newport, maybe he's going to do well in Jamestown, congratulations, but I don't know. Is he really, is Don Carlson getting votes in Pawtucket and Providence? I don't, I think he's got some stiff competition. Um, so I, I'll, I'll just finish at this. I, I I don't see anyone stopping Regenberg. I I don't. And even enough, I, I just, I don't, what would change over the next two weeks? What would change? The election is you have this week, you have next week, and then, and then they vote the Tuesday after Labor Day. So there's two weeks left in the campaign. And not enough people are going to watch the debates. There's too many people on the stage. Nope. Matos needed to get some of those people out of the race. Um, she hasn't done anything right. All these packs and everything else, it's um, it's not. They they needed to convince some of these people to drop out, and who knows why some of these people are running, folks. This portion of the John DePietro show, it's brought to you by Falcon Pest Services. Now, listen, we still have a long way to go with pest season. Call Falcon Pest Services today, 401-739-1322. Serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, Falcon Pest Services, 401-739-1322. Residential or commercial, Falcon Pest Services. Serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Do you have a problem with termites? Call Falcon. Do you have a problem with bed bugs? Call Falcon. Ants, roaches, did you say mice? Okay, let's deal with it. One thing I know, if you ignore and pretend you don't have a rodent problem or a pest problem, you can ignore it. It doesn't mean it's going away, right? It's like dirty laundry. Okay, it's just sitting there in the hamper. Doesn't mean it's getting clean. Folks, Falcon Pest Services, local company, free quote. If you're listing right now on this Monday and saying, I need to do something, maybe they come out one time. Maybe they come out once a month. Maybe they come out once a year. Maybe they come out once a, a quarter. But they need to come out. Call them for a free quote. John and Kelly, Falcon Pest Services, 401-739-1322. Well, folks, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I will be doing Facebook Live later. Let me just check the um, the... There's nothing more to me to be said about the Block Island Ferry. How about California? Fires, floods, quakes, Palm Springs is submerged, rain records smashed, 
President Trump to skip all debates. 73% of Republican voters say he should participate. I don't, I don't know if I believe that. There are questions about his health. Stress is taking a toll on his health. I think that's interesting. But I still... Um, Americans rate Dallas and Boston as safest cities. That's very interesting. We're very close to that. But I... Um, I'm just telling you, I, I, you can tell how they act when it's a real race. I'll also just say this about some of the other people running for CD1. Because someone was asking me about that game ammo. And someone uh, from Jamestown was asking me about that. His name is Don Carlson. I don't know the guy. He's a business guy. But I'll tell you what I told. I said they should have treated this race like election day was August 5th. Because now, the final two weeks, they can't get any oxygen. There's other news. You know, um, Smithfield Little League. You, you watch the evening news. Every time there's now a story about the Block Island fire or Smithfield Little League or now the Trump debate stuff or whatever. It, it's, it's, it's less of an opportunity for them to get any attention. Now, folks, next hour. I will be doing Facebook Live later. Next hour, um, Politics This Week with Justin Katz, Managing Editor, Anchor Rising. Now, you can listen on DePetro.com or you can listen AM 1380 or 99.9 FM. What we're going to do is we're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. Uh, coming, coming up next hour, Politics This Week. Coming up at 1, you're going to get the latest now where President Trump is saying he is not going to participate in the uh, debate coming up Wednesday night. That's what he's saying now in Milwaukee. All right, it's next, the one o'clock news, another hour. WNRI, Woonsocket, W260DC. WNRI.